This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto is joining us today, Mario. The Node Defender is in the building, and Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, is joining us on this Thursday, so I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how U.S. inflation numbers are once again higher than anticipated. As the Fed shows no signs of reversing its rate hikes, we debate how the crypto market will react during this time. Ripple is rapidly expanding into Europe as an official partner of this payment provider is working with the Digital Pound Foundation. As CEO Brad Garlinghouse states that his company has signed hundreds of contracts over the past two years. Quant is growing by day, connecting themselves further with the banking cartel, while JP Morgan is caught red-handed after banning Kanye West without reason. The EU is working to ban all crypto transactions to Russia, while the tokenization of everything is already underway. A top S&P global executive states that tokenization of traditional assets will change the world of finance forever. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So first off, 135 Warriors are joining us right now. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto, I got to go by you and go to the Node Defender this morning. We got Mario in the building. Always excited to have you, Mario. What's on your mind, my friend? Excited to be here, man. Well, a lot of stuff on my mind as far as crypto is concerned. But first of all, I want to say good morning to all the Warriors. Like Johnny says, to all the Warrior maniacs out there, thanks for joining in. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm sure I'll have plenty of time to talk about what's on my mind as far as crypto. So we'll let everybody else have a, a quick word. Jackie, I'm not going to give you crap for showing up late because you were on time this morning. So shout out to you. Thank you for being here. And I like your background. How are you feeling? I feel great. Good to be here. I was I was on time right on the dot, guys. So be proud of me. So that means it's good. a good day, right, Jackie? It's a good day. It's a great day. Every day is a great day. Awesome. And we're going to Mr. Johnny Crypto himself. Like we always say on this channel, best for last, my friend. So shout out to you. Thank you for making time for us. Fix that green screen and how you feeling? 
<clears throat> I'm doing great. It's always a beautiful day when you're six feet above the of the ground, so that's a good thing. You breathe in the wonderful air that's out there in the Matrix, so we're all happy. Great to see our brothers and sisters, Jackie and Mario. It's been long. But as always, like I always want to say, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there who show up every single day. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. So we got a lot of good news for you today. So we're happy to uh, hop into it. And of course, we've got some brand new Ripple news. But the quant connections that we've found to the banking cartel, people are going to be excited. But before we do that, we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. 85 followers away from breaking that $2,000 mark. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Bitcoin fear and greed index is as boring as it's ever been sitting in extreme fear. We haven't climbed above 25 or below 20 in over a month. So there's really nothing to address here. We're going to get into the total coin market cap for today because after this Fed news, we're taking a hit. We are below 900 billion sitting at 888 billion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 39% dominance. Uh, Ethereum is about 17%. Bitcoin is at $18,500 this morning. In the last zone that we tested, 17.5 is the next key level of support. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Bitcoin does this week. We got Ethereum at 1200. XRP is 47 cents. Cardano's continuing to fall at 37 cents. Chainlink below $7 at 673. And we've got Quant maintaining that $150 range. And I think we're going to address that later in the episode. But Johnny Crypto, what are some of the projects that you're watching before we dive into the news for today? Well, I woke up this morning and the market did exactly what I did. It got up and took a crap. So we're seeing it just dropping and tanking. And uh, But, you know, like I said, I kind of expected October is going to be a down month. I think November is going to be a down month. So I did a little, little tiny dollar cost average today. I bought a little bit more Bitcoin. Uh, but I'm still waiting to see if we test 17.5. And if we drop it, I think we're going to 12. So, again, just keep that, keep that money on the side, folks. Just wait as you continue to DCA in. Well, actually, I'm not a financial advisor. That's not financial advice. So don't do what I said. Do whatever you feel is right. But I'm personally keeping some money aside. I'm still waiting. I truly think, you know, we'll see the worst of this whole thing coming in, you know, uh, that, uh, that November-ish time frame. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny. And we're going to get started with a little clip from Kanye West talking about how Bitcoiners are the revolutionaries of this generation. But before we do that, we got 188 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to dive into some Ripple XRP news later today because Ripple and the Digital Pound Foundation, they just got a little bit closer to working together. So we're going to let this short clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. I was talking to my man, uh, Fred, and my boy, Anthony, about crypto and Bitcoin, you know, the uh, yesterday, just to be prepped for this conversation and not about the specifics of alternate currencies, which is like AC, which is like Tesla, which is like, but the, uh, this is how my mind just goes on these like riffs right here. But uh, Jack Dorsey decentralized Twitter two months before it really hit because he was talking to the Bitcoin guys, and these are guys that have really have a perspective on what the true liberation of America and humanity will be. These guys, a lot of the, the specifically these guys, but a lot of the tech guys were able to use the new highways, the new information highways, and create the next frontier of our I love that, Johnny, because I think that's exactly what's happening in the crypto market today. And he talked about Bitcoin because I think that's what most people understand and address when it comes to crypto. But we all know once you deep dive into this market, you can look at each individual project for a separate use case. Mario, I'd love to get some comments from you. Kanye West, 
JP Morgan just banned his bank account yesterday for some political statements he made. But when it comes to Bitcoin, he's calling them revolutionaries. Do you agree? Um, in a way, absolutely. I mean, anybody that's that's getting into crypto, I believe that you're getting in for one of two reasons, either you're or maybe both reasons. Right. You're, you're trying to change your life. You're trying to amass wealth because that's the perception everybody has around crypto is that invest in crypto. You're going to become a millionaire. Or you're you're really believing the decentralization part of of uh, taking control of your 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 money and to to what you just said about J.P. Morgan banning his bank account. I mean, if he had his money in crypto, he wouldn't face that problem. It's just unfortunate that we can't completely use our crypto to um, for everyday expenses just yet. So you do have to rely on some sort of bank account for the time being still. Jackie, and I think this is one of the problems with centralized institutions is that they can shut you down and they don't actually have to give you a reason. When they shut down Kanye's bank account, they just said, we've decided that we do not want to have you as a client anymore. No discussion about it. What does it mean to you that we are able to take hold of our finances by investing in some of these cryptocurrencies? And Kanye actually addressed that in his statement. Yeah, this is another little um, example of that, of, you know, this, the, the, uh, the censorship and the the continued centralization that we experience in in different um, forms, not only on social media but also you know with with bank accounts and things like that. So this is a prime example of why we need de decentralization, why we need the ability to take control and responsibility of our own funds. And this is an exciting time, Roto, and I think you're going to love this chart we're about to show because we always talk about the Bitcoin adoption compared to the internet. And look at these charts. It really does show how early we are in this market and how every single person listening to this right now, you are an early adopter of this technology. Johnny, you've got 25 years of S&P tech experience. Why don't you speak to this right now? Are we at the infancy stage of Bitcoin? And when you look at these charts, how long is it until we see the crypto market catch up to the internet and the worldwide population? We're so early. We're before the infant. We're in the process of making the infant, which is always the fun part. But that's how early we are in this whole thing is that it's we're just so damn early that it feels like we're late. But that exponential curve that's about to come that you see happening there in that purple, like around the mid, you know, between 2000 and 2010. See that exponential curve? Yeah, right in that era. See how it spikes, spikes up? It's no longer a straight line. That is when millionaires and billionaires get made, right? That's it's so see how see how early we are. You see, so everybody who got in the 90s, see what happens in the two. This is exactly what I've been saying. And I've been saying this for a while now that see, this takes time. This ain't something that happens overnight. Okay. Now the problem is some of these 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 crypto markets, the way they've been behaving in the past, is you've been getting these euphoric runs. And so basically. Um, people have gotten spoiled. They've become into this habit. Of, oh, I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm going to get the next 10x pump and dump. You might. If you have Merlin, you might. Um, but the reality is, is catching those and, and getting them all right, it may or may not make you a millionaire. But what's really going to make you a multimillionaire is you look at the curves and you hold and you hold through that euphoric, uh, through that, um, not euphoric, sorry, exponential curve. And that's when you get it. So I'm super excited for that reason. And that's why I was like, oh, everybody's paying the price today. Who gives a crap? I don't give a shit. I'm waiting until 2025, 2030, even long, even beyond that is when you're really going to see true wealth coming in. And when you talk about somebody who has patience with this market, you think of the node defender. Mario, you've been in this thing since 2017. And I remember you were one of the early adopters of XRP, of course, but King Solomon put out a great tweet. He said the total coin market cap at the peak of the bull run during 2017 was $800 billion. The peak of the bull run during 2021 was $3 trillion. Currently, the market cap is sitting just above that 2017 all-time high at $850 billion. What do you think the total coin market cap is going to be in 2025? He answered his own question in the tweet down below. My guess is 10 
to ten and a half trillion. Mario, I'd love to hear it. We loved King Solomon on this channel, but do you agree with him? Is this market going to be ten trillion dollars in only three years? I think just based on the math, I'll I'll say that we will potentially be anywhere between seven and ten. That would be my 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 guess. But that's one of the reasons why I DCA'd in, into the market today. As I saw the red coming in, it's because we're sitting on the previous all time high for Bitcoin, and we're sitting at the tor- at at the uh, previous all time high for the total market cap. So for me, it makes sense to pick up some stuff and and do some DCAing. You know, could we see something? come out of the crypto market a little bit lower in the November, December timeframe because of the back-to-back eclipses and stuff and, and the, uh, the elections. Absolutely. But Hey, look, I'm looking at this in another five, five years horizon. And I just, we just don't know if that's going to happen. We suspect it. We look at the signs. We think it will happen, but we just don't know if it will for sure. So red days, I buy green days, I sell, but I'm not going to sell until, until 2025 anyway. And we had some breaking news earlier this week as BNY Mellon was going to be custodying crypto and indirectly the Federal Reserve was going to be custodying through BNY Mellon. Well, we have another major institutional connection for our listeners here, and it has to do with XRP and Flare Network. So this is pretty self-explanatory. 40-second clip here. We're going to let this clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. Of your crypto. But I saw copper pop up in another place. And this place is an XRP community favorite, Flare. Flare have the ability to be interoperable, providing the Flare services through Copper Wallet. That means you can, at some point, go to Barclays Bank, have the custody of your crypto in Copper, while reaping the rewards on that interest yield through Flare. This is a whole infrastructure of how these institutions are going to be working through blockchain and through crypto to provide us with that life of being financially free. The infrastructure's already there. Boom. He said everything. There's really nothing to add. Johnny Crypto, I want to go to you. And then Jackie, we talk about institutions moving into this market. This is hard evidence here, but the connection that I want to stay focused on is they're building through Flare Network, which of course directly benefits XRP holders. We got 253 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto, what does it mean to you that Barclays is indirectly working with Flare Networks? Well, first of all, you know how I feel about Flair. So I don't get excited yet until they actually deliver. But just in general, the reality of what he's talking about in generalities of being able to to stake your coins and be able to earn at a better interest rate that you could get in the bank is something that we've seen happening so far. And I think, you know, will continue to happen. So for me, that's where I just get excited is the fact that you have the potential to earn on your money at a better rate, you know, the banks are paying like 0.001% or some stupid, crazy, ridiculous number that basically is zero, there's zero point of keeping your money in the bank, right? But if we can earn four or five or 6%, I don't care whether it's Flair or through the lobster wallet or however you earn it, wherever you want to stake, whatever you feel good with. To me, that's what the blockchain technology brings is the ability to be able to provide that liquidity and get a reward for it. And this is what's pretty exciting. Flare has the goal of connecting everything. And when you break down some of the DeFi cases they're bringing to the XRPL, it is going to change the game forever. I really do believe that. I want to remind our listeners that starting on October 20... 20- What'd you say, Reto? If they ever launch. Oh, well, I'm going to remind our listeners right now, starting on October 24th, they've officially announced that they will be distributing their token. We've gotten many announcements before and they've continued to delay, but my hope is high for October 24th through November 6th. We should have a Flare airdrop and hopefully Johnny Crypto, we can have a different discussion at that point. But Mario, Flare's working to connect everything. We've got Barclays connected to them here. What's it mean to you? Yeah, that's huge. Um, again, they're trying to solve something that seems to be the the, the trend at the moment is the interoper- interoperability. 
right? Uh, we know that these all these ecosystems, they need to have a bridge. They need to have a way of communicating. Otherwise, you're just going to have, like, imagine you being getting to work or getting home, connecting to the internet and only being able to access a certain part of the internet. Like you, it just, you know, it wouldn't, it's not, it's not scalable. So I think this is huge. And and if Flare can really get this off the ground, I'm actually more excited for Flare to actually get going, get it out there. Um, I want to start using their ecosystem. I want to see how it works. I really hope that they do fulfill, um, you know, all the building that they're saying that they're going to create, because I think that's more exciting. The airdrop is great and all, but you got to hold on, hold on to that airdrop. I think that if you hold on to that airdrop and they really build what they're saying they're going to build and utility comes into play five to 10 years from now, that airdrop could, <laughs> could be thousands, if not millions to some people. Speaking of airdrops, I mean, we, we as a team are huge on the Cosmos ecosystem and shout out to Andrew Cashflow. He keeps us updated on all airdrops that come um, from the Cosmos ecosystem within the Academy. So what a, yet another great um, reason to join, right? excuse me, but wanted to uh, point out Justin G's comment. He just said in the chat, decent wallet just today. They said, yes, just today they support the Flare network account creation in the wallet. So I don't know. I feel a bet coming on between Johnny K and abs. I think I'd win that bet because Flare network, they can't let me down for the sixth time in a row. Eventually they're going to have already been lost. They've been saying two years. They've been saying to come out. Come out. It's too late. It lost. It's over. Finito. Now it's sure. Sure. At some point they're eventually going to come out. You give them five more freaking years. Ridiculous. Hey, Ethereum took six years. Flare network only took two. I think that's a win for this market. We're going to show our listeners a very interesting video from Brad Darlinghouse before we dive into our articles for today, because Brad actually stated that they've signed hundreds of financial institutions since the SEC sued them in December of 2020. So we're going to let this short clip play and get comments from the group. Here we go. The thing that understood liquidity versus you know, XRP does not have liquidity in the United States. Uh, Ripple as a company, you know, it's we have grown gangbusters over the last two years, uh, but we've you know we've signed you know hundreds of new contracts with financial institutions globally. And, you know, very, very few here in the United States, because in the United States, most financial institutions will say, hey, let's wait and see what happens here. And that's a great place to pause it, because not only is the SEC stopping innovation and partnerships in the United States, they can't prevent them from happening in Europe. And we saw a massive move, which we will dive into later in the episode, as Ripple had another major partnership with the Digital Pound Foundation as Modular, which uses XRP for settlement, is now working to create a solution. But I'd love to go back to the original video, Jackie. He said that the SEC is preventing Ripple from signing key partnerships in the United States. Will we see a massive use case of a massive adoption of XRP for the use case once this SEC lawsuit's over? Because then these institutions, they're going to feel comfortable signing up for this program. Yeah, I believe um, this Ripple did it right. They did exactly right. You know, just like you said, they had to go elsewhere first because within the U.S., you know, they're hesitant. They have we're, we have such strict law here when it comes to securities and things like that, that that's that that's what was needed to go overseas. And that's what I you know, what they did was the right thing to do was go overseas, build your rapport with other institutions and then bring it back and present. Thank you, Roto. I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Sorry, the mute button killed me there. But Mario, I'm pulling up something really interesting in the background because we're going to show our listeners a list of every single company partnered with the Digital Pound Foundation. And there's two projects that we talk about every single day there. But Mario, what did you think of Brad Garlinghouse saying they've signed hundreds of financial institutions regardless of being sued by the SEC? 
Yeah, it's massive. Again, it it just adds it just adds to what Ripple is building. It adds to the utility that XRP the well that we all know XRP has. And so the fact that they haven't stopped signing on new partners is great. Like Ripple is setting themselves up to be setting themselves up to be one of the biggest companies in the world. Um, you know, this thing with the SEC needs to clear up so that within the United States they get a little bit more clarity that so that they start working with more financial institutions or that financial institutions feel comfortable working with them. Cause I think that's what it comes down to is just that they need to feel comfortable working with them. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think ripple, you know, solving this, this liquidity problem that we have in the world and, and payments and stuff, they're going to be massive. Watch Amazon, watch Apple. They're going to be massive for sure. Mario and check out this list, Johnny crypto. I know you're going to have some strong opinions here because one of our favorite projects is on this list and we're not talking about ripple we're talking about quant network we're going to show our listeners another video of their ceo gilbert verdinand talking about the connections to the financial institutions they're making in europe but before we do that we got 290 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button if you can't tell this is the most important information you could be studying in this market johnny we've got ripple and quant working with the digital pound foundation why don't you just speak a little bit to that Oh, man, I think when that news came out and we reported a few weeks ago, I was telling you guys, to me, that is the most significant and important part of this because you want to see the companies that have the technology being seeked out and being part of the community, being part of the discussion of building this ecosystem. If they weren't, frankly, I told you guys this, if they weren't, I probably would have been dumping all my XRP. Why would you want to hold it if the company that's supposed to provide the solutions isn't being seeked after for opinions? It just makes zero sense. So for me, it's one of those things where it, it makes it it, it, it it makes my heart warm to see that. Um, and, you know, as we said earlier, we knew that the SEC lawsuit was hurting Ripple. There's no question in the U.S. it's hurting them right now, which which actually worries me because even when it's settled, the problem is, there's a lot of talks, discussions that have been happening behind the scenes. This freaking guy. Why we got to bring up Quant? Stop talking about it. It, it, it brings that heartache. You know, my favorite part is he said, if they blame it on you. You should have told them to buy Quant, but we're not financial advisors. Not finan can't give financial advice. So, Johnny, you're not responsible, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Abs. That's right. And, and, don't, and you don't want to take my advice anyway, because I told Mario not to buy Quant at 90 because I thought it was going to 60. It went to 150. So, don't listen to Johnny Crypto. I've been telling this you guys. Is, this is why we talk about it every single day, Johnny. It's these types of connections that are the most important things happening in the crypto space. Yeah. And when we talk about I so compliant tokens, of course, anybody who listens to us has seen this list a thousand times. Stellar, Hedera, IOTA, XDC, Ripple, Algorand, and Quant. Through our personal research, we figured out that these are going to be the most important blockchains in the new financial system. Jackie, any really brief comments on any of these cryptocurrencies? We're talking about how Quant is connected to the Digital Pound Foundation. Another one of our favorite currencies, Ripple, is also working with them. What's it mean to you? Yeah, I like just like the video we just watched with Brad Garlinghouse, they're all making the right connections with the right institutions. So it's good to see. And they're also, you know, they're slowly kind of integrating with each other too. So that was some, I, I can't remember. I think it was last week we had shown some of that with Hedera Hashgraph as well. Was that Quant and Hedera Hashgraph? I think yep, that's what it was. It was Quant and Hedera Hashgraph. Uh, the, one of the founders of Quant was promoting that Hedera Hashgraph was having a live event in Dubai. And we drew those connections. Nothing really came out of it, but they were talking about the future of currency. So pretty cool. But Johnny, I didn't know if anyone had a comment there. I'm going to roll into our next topic, I guess, because we got some pretty exciting news from Bank of America as they announced that 47% of people ages 21 to 42 in America, they're holding cryptocurrency and they're actually bullish on the cryptocurrency market. So nearly three quarters, which is 73% of millennials compared to 21% of the older generation 
consider crypto to be a sustainable investment. And they also agree that investing in traditional assets such as the stock and housing markets are not ways to create generational wealth. That's pretty interesting because we talk about generational wealth on our channel. Does to see a Bank of America survey actually addressing that crypto could be a solution? Very exciting. Mario, what's it mean to you before we dive into some more news? Yeah, I think I think this is crucial. And I've, I've, I've said it here multiple times where I see the generations that are coming. They will 100% use crypto. Um, I'm looking at, for example, like financial institutions. I, I, I have a bank account that I have two bank accounts that are completely online that offer crypto purchasing right on there. One of them is Juno. The other one's Revolut. You can buy crypto on there, sell a little bit like how you do with PayPal. Um and and uh, you could buy, sell, and hold. So I think this is this is the future. Like especially with Juno, you can like you make deposits. They give you rewards back in their token. Th this is going to happen, and and the younger generations will will definitely take advantage of this, and 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 um, they will they will help towards the adoption of crypto. Sorry, my words were uh, missing there. Hey, that's okay, Mario. But one of the things I get excited about is I have a brother who's only 11 years old, and his friends play Fortnite in these games like you wouldn't believe. Well, they're starting to integrate digital currencies into these games. So those young kids are being programmed to use this new technology, which is so exciting. we got 311 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is Good Morning Crypto. And we talk about the most relevant news we can. Johnny Crypto, what's on your mind? Hey, Abs, we got a request out there. I've got a new listener wanted to be able to see those cryptocurrencies that we showed. I, I'm assuming she wants Yeah, those. If you can just put them up so everybody can screenshot them. If you're new to the crypto space and you're wondering where to get started, guys, we're not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. But what we're showing you here is just a list of ISO 20. Uh, tw I don't want to make the Jackie mistake. 222 compliant coins. And basically, <laughs> this is a good place to start your research. This is where you want to probably look at these coins, understand their fundamental underlying technologies, what they're trying to solve, and then you decide if it's something right for you or not to invest in. This whole situation just reminded me of being in college, you know, when the professor puts something important on the screen and then everyone's like, oh, shoot, I didn't write it down. <laughs> Those are the answers to the test, friends. <laughs> What we're going to show our listeners now, Johnny, check out this video of Gilbert Ferdinand talking about the future of banking. And when you look at his resume, I'll pull it up for our listeners after this video. So we're going to let this short clip play a lot of videos for our listeners, but a lot of positive news. So we're going to get some comments after this. Here we go. What we hear and what we're seeing is a lot of vendors and banks are actually looking at how they implement blockchain with their core payment infrastructure, with their core banking infrastructure. And that's exciting because it's moved on from just innovation. So they're actually preparing how does the world with blockchain and digital assets look like for my bank? Boom. And when we talk about the connections boom. to the federal... Yeah, boom is right, Johnny Crypto. When we talk uh, about boom. connections to the Federal Reserve, this guy worked at the Federal Reserve and he was actually in charge of creating secure payments. Then he went on to create Quant Network. Mario, love to get some thoughts from you and then we'll go to Jackie. Sorry, I was looking for the mute button. Yeah, my thought is... Damn, why didn't I buy Quant at $100? Why was I waiting for the $60 that Johnny K was telling me we were going to get? What were you thinking? Who the hell told you? Don't, don't listen to that guy, Johnny K. Damn, he keeps saying he's not a financial advisor. I, why I, 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 he's not a financial advisor. I don't know why Jeez. you're listening to him. I don't get it. Perfect but listen, I think we're still early, though. Like I think even this $150 price, 100%. DCA is key. Not financial advice, obviously, but DCA is key. But uh, but yeah, the 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 backing behind or or the fundamentals behind Quan are just phenomenal. Like the, uh, the connections that they have, the partnerships, just the, uh, the promise of the technology and what they're aiming to, uh, to accomplish is it's one of those that you got to have on your portfolio. 
Johnny, and look at this price chart. Be serious on this topic. We talk about how Quant oh. may have a breakout to $190 because there's just barely any resistance there between 160 and 190. We got 330 listeners right now, and I'm sure none of them have seen or heard of Quant before. Why don't you just tell our listeners why Quant's going to be so important? And I'll pull up some graphics to back up your statements. Well, you know, putting the pain aside, when you look at a chart, it's a beautiful looking chart in terms of where we came from. You know, coming off that V bottom $40 price point kind of tells you that that was a highly, highly strong floor, you know, strong floor. Most likely, well, most likely, um, I don't know if we're going to even retest it. It's so far down there at this point. But to me, the reason why, you know, if you're new here, what we've been talking about all the time and why we love Quant is Quant is like, um, he's the translator, right? You go to a foreign country and you can't speak the language. You can't talk to anybody. You go there and you look at that. It looks nice. Take some pictures, but you can't talk, can't communicate, right? So it's kind of pointless. You're just sitting there with your family. So if there's like four of you that go to a foreign country, like all you're talking to those four people, right? You're in this silo, pointless, as Mario said earlier. But with Quant, what it does is now you bring the translator on board. And now those four people can talk to the rest of the country. And that's kind of, you know, the best analogy I can give you, a simple analogy of what Quant is going to do. It's going to allow all these different blockchains to start talking to each other, right? And that's what you need to see. But what you notice here is look at Quarta. Quarta, 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 everywhere. No question that's going to be a big player in the game. And I want to remind our listeners that Quant has such a low market cap that if Quant got to what Bitcoin's market cap is today, this token is only $150. And if it reached Bitcoin's market cap, it would be a $27,000 token. So I love that statistic. Really shows how much potential is here. And really, we're just getting started on this journey. Quant is already working with MasterCard, Visa, the Digital Pound Foundation. And of course, their CEO worked at the Federal Reserve. Jackie, any quick comments on Quant before we dive into our next article? Yeah, what you just said is super important abs for people to understand because with Quant's um, token supply and their, you know, their their token metrics, things like that, um, that's completely possible. I know a lot of people throw numbers out there about tokens. Um, you know, if they have a market cap, a market cap of this, they could get to this price. But a lot of those tokens, they don't have a max supply, um, and and the circulation supply that's out there is a little wonky with Quant. It's not like that. Um, you know, they do have a maximum supply. So that that price that you had just quoted is actually very possible. So keep your eyes on that one, folks. And check out this resume, Jackie. This is one of the reasons I got so excited about this project. Their CEO, Gilbert Verdinand, has one of the best resumes in finance. He worked as the at the Ministry of Justice in 2013, HSBC. He was an HM Treasury. But here's what really gets me excited. When you scroll down to the bottom of this resume here, he was working at the Federal Reserve, the Fed Payments Improvement Community in April of 2018. He also worked at the Federal Reserve to help them create the Secure Payments Task Force from March of 2017 to July of 2018. These are some of the biggest connections in the space. Mario, please address our listeners here. Two connections to the Federal Reserve, and most importantly to know, he had already created Quant Network at this point. Are we going to see ties to the Fed and Quant? Of course, the answer is yes. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, okay, you can't it, you can't ask the question and then answer it, all right? <laughs> right. <laughs> It's all over the wall. I mean, this guy is obviously well connected. He's obviously somebody that that um, you know he's worked in a, in a, in a lot of in a lot of important positions. And for him to be where he's at right now, there's no way that Quant is not going to get anywhere. I mean, I don't know what to say besides why didn't I buy Quant at a hundred dollars? 
And with that being said, we're going to roll into our next topic because we've got 321 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. There is so much news that we could get into for today. But I think our next topic, we should make it a little bit Cardano related with we had Tony Edwards, the man who stirred up the XRP versus ADA conflict. This is some pretty positive news for our for our ADA holders out there. This is very, very fun. People are going to be excited to hear that this Basil Fork upgrade is going to make some very foundational changes to our financial system at least according to Charles. So we're going to let this clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. Platform, the Vassal Hard Fork upgrade aims to speeds up transactions. What can you tell us about how this improves the ecosystem? Well, it's just like many of the uh, things that we do. We're a slow and methodical project. And, you know, we, everything we do, you know, yearly. Guys, I just want to check. Is the volume coming through okay on this clip, Johnny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very good, actually. Very good. Better, faster, and cheaper. Uh, and ultimately improve the utility of the platform. So Vossel was uh, about 12 months of work, and we just got it out uh, last month. And it's really exciting to see that it's caused a lot of great positive upgrades in our community. But more broadly, when we look at the cryptocurrency space, this is the, the case. Most people are building. Uh, and, and while the macro environment's not so positive, the, the individual environment of each cryptocurrency, whether it be Ethereum with Emerge or uh, Cardano with Fossil, is looking better and better every day. And that's what I love, Johnny. He talks about how all these upgrades are happening. If they were taking place during 2021, we would see massive spikes in price action from these news, whether it was the Merge, the Basil Fork Upgrade, or Flare Networks. All of this building is taking place behind the scenes, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it's taking place during a bear market. So I'm going to give you the floor. What's it mean to you, Rado? Well, I mean, this is exactly right, right? The reason why I love this thing is because he actually said the words himself at the end of the day is slow and methodical, right? He's taking the approach of going slow and methodical of building a blockchain that's going to be able to serve the public and do it right. And, you know, I'm guessing that, uh, what, 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 what was that? Um, so um, <laughs> you're on air, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 no, I was going to address a comment here and, and it's kind of skipping around all over the place. Well, that's someone, said that, someone said that we don't uh, we don't talk about Cardano on this show or we forgot to mention Cardano. They must be a new listener because we always talk about Cardano. We believe in Cardano. I mean, it was a number one developer platform, chosen platform for development in 2021 on GitHub. So we know that there's going to be a lot of apps and stuff, apps coming out on this platform. And again, you don't see and hear about a lot of major issues with it, like you're hearing, for example, with Solana, right? Because they took a very different developmental approach. And I think that's what, kudos to Charles for that. And that's why, like, everybody hates him and bashes him for what he says. All I care about at the end of the day, all that really matters, I think, is what is the the, the utility he's building? Is it going to be something useful that helps society? And does it make sense to invest? And those are the questions that I'm always looking to answer. Johnny, and when you talk about building something useful to help society, Chinese central bank digital currencies don't make that list. But we have 332 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to bring you the most relevant and impactful news. And when you check out this update here, this is pretty intimidating because if we don't respond, we may get left behind. Bank of China has announced that their digital yuan transactions crossed the $14 billion mark this past week as they announced that their final phases of their pilot are going extremely well. So China's project has reached the mark close to $14 billion or 100 billion digital yuan of transactions during its pilot phase. This is the most widely adopted CBDC on the planet. On October 10th, the Bank of China announced that the number of transactions made in 15 provinces within the CBDC framework reached 360 million. 
More than 5.6 million merchant stores are already supporting the digital one. And the reason that we're addressing this is because we've heard some quotes from the government stating that if China evolves digitally and makes their currency digital and the United States doesn't, it's going to be a massive disadvantage in global finance. Mario, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. China's already doing $14 billion in total volume on their CBDC. What does that mean to you? Are we going to see this soon in the United States? Well, we will see it eventually. I think all the countries, they, they, we know that all the countries need to move to a CBDC at some point. Uh, not just because of the way that our society is moving towards, you know, things are digital. Uh, we need things to happen fast. Payments need to happen fast. But, but also because of how much control it gives the, the government. The governments can instantly pump the economy. I mean, they, they already do that, but they can do it a lot faster. Um, so yeah, I, not to mention, you know, you won't be able to get away with a lot of stuff that you can nowadays with cash. So not to go down yeah. that rabbit hole, but for sure. Yeah. All the countries. And a couple of details that are coming with CBDCs is not only are they going to be able to determine what you spend your goods on, they're going to determine how long your cash is valuable. So if you don't spend it by the end of the month, that cash is going to be removed from your bank account. And the reason they're doing that is because the velocity of money is one of the most important factors. So the faster they can get money spinning through the economy, the better it's going to look for economic growth. Jackie, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. We're seeing a digital wand take place in China. How long do you believe until we see this in the United States? I want to remind you that the Federal Reserve said they're working on a pilot as we speak. Gosh, I don't know as far as time frame. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how fast we could see it here. I mean, we just are just barely scraping the surface as far as when it comes to like the regulatory aspect of this and bills passing. Um but then again, I don't know what's being worked on in the background as well. Um, I would say a couple years, maybe. Yeah, and honestly, my, my best guess. <laughs> yeah, my best guess is that we're going to see the pilot phase be ending in sometime around quarter two of 2023, and we could see a real United States central bank digital currency by the end of next year. Johnny, we're going to talk about how the EU is working to ban all crypto transactions between Europe and Russia. But before we dive into that, did you have any thoughts on our last topic? Yeah, I mean, just think about. Well, two comments on it. One, just think of the American, the roar, uproar in America if they're told that their money expires. I, I think that's going to be a really, really hard sell in America, but I could be wrong because I was also wrong about quant and many other things. So actually, I loved quant. I was just wrong about how low it would go, but I, I, I love quant. But I think in terms of that whole expiration thing, that might work in maybe a, a few countries. It, it, I don't know if it'll work here. However, if it does... That is probably the most brilliant thing that they could do from a perspective of, you know how they print money, right? To kind of flood the market and keep the economy going. Well, if you put an expiration, you almost by default have found another way to print money because that's kind of in a sense, it's a little different. But what I mean by the, the, the way it's similar is it keeps money, like you said, flowing through the economy. It forces people to spend, which sucks because think about it. Now you can't, and I want to use the word save because if you're saving it in cash, it's a mistake anyway. But it, it prevents you from holding on to your your currency and, and putting it wherever you want. And that is a very, really nice <laughs> yeah, yeah, some of us don't have that problem, right? The money's spent before the paycheck gets cashed. But I think the, the, the reality is, yeah, that is going to be a very interesting thing when we start to hear that that narrative coming out. And I'm really curious to see how America, America Americans react to that. And it's going to be a lot easier to ban crypto transactions once we're going through centralized networks like a CBDC. But we got 293 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. 
<clears throat> excuse me, the EU is banning all digital transactions between the between Europe and Russia. And this isn't the first time we've seen sanctions take place for Russia. I want to remind our listeners that what's very interesting is we're giving $1.5 billion per week to the Ukraine, yet we're continuing to purchase most of our oil from Russia. So we're funding both sides of this disagreement. And I think there's clearly a conflict of interest there. But when you look at what's taking place with these sanctions, this is where it gets really interesting. Mario, I don't want to dive too deep into this news because I'm not even sure how well they're going to be able to execute on this. But the EU is trying to ban digital asset transactions to Russia. One, do you think they'll be successful? And two, is this even important to address? Um, I mean, is it important? I think it. I think it is to some extent. It's just honestly, it's just something that I personally don't pay too much attention to, um, and not not to discard, you know, whatever's going on between the two countries. But just it, yeah. I I, I don't have much to comment on. I don't know if anybody else from the group has anything else to comment on, but. It's just not something I focus on. I don't focus on 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 the stuff that's going on. Like, well, into this one level. of the things I would like to say, Mario, is that this is a reason that so many people are looking for an alternative to SWIFT and the other banking systems around the world. We've got BRICS nations coming together to create a separate currency, a separate um, monetary system that doesn't run through American railways. And I think that's what's important to know about this. If we continue exactly. to sanction and annex certain parts of this planet. They're just going to move away from us. The only reason we have our power is because they're compliant. Johnny, any closing remarks here? That's exactly right. That's what we said that from day one. The whole reason of this whole event is partly because of that reason. It's like, hey, you have the war. We're going to start doing sanctions. And we're just giving them an excuse to move away and create a new system that then will be easy to justify to the world. Like, hey, this new system's here now because, well, you know, we created the problem. And now they have to bring another solution. And so that's what's going to happen is you just force them into a new system. The, the problem with that is who's going to suffer? It's going to be the U.S. dollar and the U.S. holder. Anybody holding U.S. dollars that in the U.S. economy. So, you know, if you're an American, this is not good news by any means. Everyone thinks, oh, this is great news. We're punishing them. No, you're not. In the long run, you know who's going to get punished? It's going to be America. Johnny, no there's two things I'd love to get your thoughts on. We had a really interesting comment here, but before I read that for our listeners, I saw this statistic the other day and it said baby boomers own one seventh of all global wealth. That equates to about $17 trillion, $17 trillion are in the hands of Americans above age 60. That's pretty exciting. And eventually that wealth is going to flow down into these younger generations. It's going to work its way down into our generation. I think that's when we talk about the greatest shift in generational wealth ever. Love to get some of your thoughts on there. And then I got a follow-up question. Yeah, I know. I think that's brilliant. And Abs, kudos to you for the research and for folks for bringing that up. There is no question that that flood of money, right, has to move somewhere. And it will just continue to flow down into, into the younger generation's hands, which, as you showed earlier in the show, once you started getting into the 40s, I think the 42s, 40, the age of the mid-40s, low 40s, those people are putting the money into crypto, right? So you will start to see some of that happen, some of that natural transition of that money flowing into this market, which is why we're super excited. And we know that right now there's 2.5 billion people that are going to be coming into this space and a shit ton of money as well. So, you know, you showed a stat earlier. What do we think this market could be by 2025? And I think there are projections, 8 billion, 10 billion. Frankly, I trillion. was actually thinking- Trillion, you mean. Trillion, sorry, trillion. Trillion. trillion, thank you. And I was actually thinking we'd be around six trillion. So we get eight or ten, that'd be fantastic. But seventeen trillion alone of it is going to be flooding into uh, some portion of that seventeen will be flooding into this as well. You can see how huge the crypto space could be 
way down in the future, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. And Johnny, I love this comment here. Mario, I'd like to get some of your thoughts on this. It said, I find it very interesting to me that both Tesla and Amazon went through the same thing. Amazon was sued by the SEC back in 2005 in the internet boom. And then Tesla was sued by the SEC in 2018. I want to remind our listeners that after that lawsuit was, after they got a resolution to the Tesla lawsuit, they had the most successful 24-month period for a stock in United States history. So history doesn't repeat itself, but it does often rhyme. Can we apply that to XRP, Mario, with what's going on today? Well, for the sake of my bags, I hope so. <laughs> and for the sake of a lot of us, right, and the people listening, but it, it is a great stat. And I think that's the uh, that's the part to be optimistic about. I mean, not to mention the fact that we know Ripple's here to say, we know that Ripple's got, you, uh, you know, building utility and XRP has utility, but what's on the horizon as soon as the, uh, as soon as the lawsuit is over you know, like I mentioned, Ripple is, in my opinion, going to be one of the biggest companies out there in the world, you know, together with Microsoft, Amazon and Tesla, just like we see in the comments. And and maybe this is the catalyst. This is something that they have to go through this. They have to go through the SEC in order to get that clarity and, and in order to become one of the biggest companies in the world. And that's what's exciting. We always talk about XRP use cases, and we've got an update from the XRP lawsuit for our listeners out there. Formally filed Iramit Amiscus brief added this very interesting statement about the SEC. It said the SEC dramatically minimizes and underestimates the importance of on-demand liquidity. They even went on to highlight this one sentence that said, customers of the on-demand liquidity do not seem to matter to the SEC. And we had two separate companies file to be involved in this case. Jackie, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. This is an undeniable use case for XRP, yet the SEC is denying this. What the heck is going on here? Um, I I don't know if they're actually denying it. Well, I mean, in in the in the front scheme of things, they are denying it, but obviously they know what's going on with XRP. They know that ODL is, you know, the biggest use case of XRP. Um so I don't know. I for right now, that might just be the ability for them to stretch out or in, and lengthen the case, um, which is what it seems to me, because I, I, I can't, anyone who actually, you know, understands XRP or looks into what Ripple's doing um, and what the use case utility of XRP is, um, they obviously, that's like on the forefront. That's the biggest thing that it is, you know, that people can see what it can be used for. So for them to, you know, not, uh, gosh, guys, I don't know what it is about mornings, but I don't think that they are um, skimming past that. I think it's just a stretch out of the SEC, of the case. Cool. I definitely want to read these statements from Crypto Area as well, because she made some pretty broad statements. And she's a very nice lady. So I thought it was interesting that she used these words. She said the SEC enforcement miscalculations based on poor research of XRP utility is quite apparent. It's shameful waste of tax dollars and failure to protect investors with their reckless action. The SEC is 100% shoddy and corrupt. That are some bold statements from someone like Crypto Airy. Johnny, what's it mean to you, my friend? No, she's 100% spot on. Absolutely right. To sit here and say right there in writing or to say that XRP, that the key aspect of XRP is not to be used as a, you know, the way it's written there, that the ODL is a distraction. When that's its main utility and function, it's just it's just it's mind-boggling to even say that. And we know that there's companies already using XRP, Tapjets, and I forgot the other company. They're already using this. Iramit. Uh, Iramit. Thank you. They're already using it as 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 a as a currency. So I mean, it's just it's just it's it's asinine. It's just asinine that these statements are coming out from the SEC. But listen. 
when you're when you're in a ball game and you're losing ten nothing, you're going to be swinging for the fences, right? Because <laughs> the SEC is losing this game. So I get it. They got to come out and they got to try to prove the point. They got to say things. They got to do things to try and prove the point and win the case, which you know, which we all kind of I think believe here that that isn't going to happen. Um, but yeah, so you're going to see stupid ass nice statements like that when you're set up in a game, you know, almost rigged to lose. And I want to remind our listeners of this article. It's from November 20th, 2021, about a year after the initial lawsuit was filed against Ripple. JP Morgan came out and they are high on the RSW index. So take this with a grain of salt. But JP Morgan said if Ripple wins the SEC lawsuit, XRP is poised for significant adoption. And this is something that we address all the time on our channel because this could be one of the only tokens that is actually regulated after this lawsuit. And JP Morgan doubled down on that. They said if the company is able to win the SEC lawsuit and trading resumes on major cryptocurrency exchanges like Coinbase, XRP is poised for significant adoption. Mario, very briefly, we're seeing Ripple make some bold, bold statements against the SEC over these last couple of weeks. Do you agree with the statement from JP Morgan about a year ago stating that after the resolution, XRP is poised for significant adoption? Definitely. I mean, especially in the United States, we've we've just we've just showed a video from from Brad Garlinghouse how they've onboarded a whole bunch of companies in the past two years. So I don't think that that's necessarily stopped them from, um, you know, increasing their their business. But but definitely the the uh, the law, the resolution of the lawsuit will definitely increase the speed in, in which is happening because it will give clarity. Let's not forget that. MoneyGram walked away from the partnership with XRP because of this lack of clarity or this uh, lawsuit. So just like MoneyGram, I'm sure there's a lot of other financial institutions that are probably like, you know what, we don't, we're going to wait. We're, we don't really want to work with you guys until this thing with the SEC is cleared up because we don't want to get caught up in the turmoil, right? So I think definitely will. Yeah. I mean, the price is, the price is most likely going to have some kind of reaction just because of Especially if it gets relisted in, in in exchanges, you know the hype. The hype is going to create some kind of uh, some kind of increase in the price. But I'm more I'm more excited about what Ripple has to offer, and I'm more excited about the clarity uh, once Ripple gets this uh, this resolved. Johnny, and it's important to remind our listeners in that video earlier, Brad Garlinghouse said that regardless of the SEC lawsuit, they've signed hundreds of financial institutions over in Europe to be using RippleNet. That is freaking massive. And that is something that I think we should talk about more on this channel. So we're going to make a point of that. What does it mean yeah. to you? The fact that even the SEC suing Ripple can't stop them from expanding around the world. It means to me two things. One, could you imagine what the expansion would have been like in the U.S.? Could you imagine what what we'd be talking about today if it wasn't for this freaking lawsuit that hopefully is going to end soon? That's number one. Number two, the other thing it tells me is... Yeah, I'm so happy. You got to buy Ripple stock. I mean, there's no question. If you're an accredited investor, go to link2.com. I don't know if there's a link below, but you can actually buy Ripple stock. And for me, again, not financial advice, not financial advice, but I personally want to own both, right? Because I believe there's two different growth patterns here. And XRP will grow in its utility and its use cases, but the company Ripple itself is so entrenched in growing its products throughout the rest of the world that they, I want to own both because you know what's going to happen, guys. You all know here what's going to happen, right? All these companies, you know, Kraken, Dapper Labs, Ripple, they're all privately held right now. They're not going to release themselves and go public in a bear, in a, in a, in a bear market. But what do you think is going to happen in the next bull market? Johnny, I listened to something. You're going to love this. Yesterday, I was listening to a speech from Kevin O'Leary, and he was talking about how the Saudi Arabians make $250 billion every hour. 
So they make $250 billion every single hour, and they have no place but to put that money except into regulated assets like the NASDAQ. So when you talk about cryptocurrency getting regulation, $250 billion an hour could be entering this market. I'd love to give it to the floor again, Reto. Yes, exactly. And it's going to flow into where? When these companies go on the public you know, NASDAQ and stock market, they're going to skyrocket. So these guys are all sitting there right now waiting to do IPOs. And when their IPOs come out, you saw, we saw that. It's exactly what happened. This poor guy, Dave Scottsdale, is going to have a heart attack. I feel bad for this guy. He's so worried hey, Dave, about We got your back, man. This warrior hey, relax, got buddy. your back. So if there's Dave. one thing you know, it's that you're not alone. There's 314 other people thinking just like you, my friend. But Johnny, <laughs> continue because I only got about four minutes up. left. But I just want to wrap this up by saying at the end of the day, we know that they'll also not only will there be an ability to make and earn in crypto, but there's going to be also on the companies or through these IPOs, right? And so again, if you're a credit investor, that means you make over 250 grand a year, you can go sign up, you can sign up at LinkedIn, and then you can invest in these companies like Dapper Labs, Kraken, Uphold, all the ones that are private that we all know in the next year or two, these guys are all going to go IPO. How much do you make a bet right now? These companies, and Brad already said it. That they, they will go, they will go public. And that's where I think there'll be a huge amount of gain and wealth to be made as well. So don't be thinking about just as cryptocurrencies. Look at these your favorite companies, and that's another uh potential opportunity investment vehicle to to put yourself in to generate um generational hey, wealth. Johnny, did you just say through Link2 you can invest in those companies? I did. I oh did. Gosh. I didn't even I, know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, guys, go to LinkedIn. No, I didn't know you could invest into Dapper Labs and Kraken. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're out. Yeah. So what happens is they'll offer them from time to time when they're available and then they sell out fast. So yeah, click on my link tree. Go to my Twitter, click on my link tree. There's a link there, a referral to link to. You can go in there, check it out. And if you're an accredited investor, you can actually buy into those companies if they're available. This is not awesome. scripted, guys, by the way. I no. genuinely did not know that. <laughs> That's funny. We got some pretty cool news to end this episode on is XRP is being used in a test network in South Africa. I'm going to run by this very briefly because RippleNet is being tested in what's called a sandbox. They're focused on uh, making payments more efficient. And Ripple is taking center stage in Africa so far They've used only XRP for this test network. So I thought that was worth showing our listeners. But this is even more important. As we have NFTs about to be approved for the XRPL, we are only one validator vote away for Woo! the countdown to start. And Jackie, when that takes place, I believe it's a 14-day countdown from once we reach that validator point. We know that we're launching our NFT on the XRPL. Jackie, any quick thoughts? Yeah, guys, this is this is set in stone to happen in about two weeks um, just because they are upgrading to the next version. Um, so all validators have to be at that version. Um, and this is super exciting for the 3T Academy uh, because we do have our NFT launching on the XRPL um, when this process is passed. So definitely, guys, be on the lookout for that and be paying so attention. Guys. If you want that Johnny Crypto NFT, you know what you got to do. Go check out the XRPL and wait for that Johnny Crypto. But I want to show our listeners one last cryptocurrency. We don't talk about too often, Johnny, but I'd love to get your comments here. This is Wads Pay. We know that they created a massive problem earlier in the year when they dumped a ton of tokens onto the float. When you look at this price chart, it's looking pretty optimistic. I love some brief comments. I'm not going to make you say like, oh, it's going to this price or I'm anticipating this. I just want you to look and say, what's Wads Pay doing? And do you think this could have some positive momentum here? Well, you'll never hear me talk about and make projections, projections, right? That's not what I do. I talk about the technologies and whether they're worthy in investing. I personally invested in, I think I brought it to you guys, WTK. I like this one uh, primarily because I like the fact that, well, one, I like the connections of where these guys came from. 
when you're solving a problem, you need to know when you're bringing a solution, you need to know the problem. And they came from this industry, right? MasterCard and, and the banking system. And there's Ripple people on this company too. But what I really liked about them apps was the fact that while, I, while they're developing an app to handle cryptocurrency transactions from commerce and B2B and B2C and B2P, the reality is their key solution isn't the fact that they've got the app, but it's the backend connections that they're making in the software between companies and to to like the the the, the PayPal's of the world. So to me, that's what got me excited is they've already created that what we call middleware middleware software that goes in the middle. It solves a big problem. And so for me, I think they have a big, a big solution there. And I like them. I'm just mad at myself for not buying more when it was under a penny. Um, but I have a good chunk of this already. I like it. And for our viewers, I encourage you to go do some research. Check it out and see if it's something you like. But I, I like the fundamental utility that it brings apps. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to the Node Defender. And thank you to Jackie, the Crypto Juggernaut. Another amazing episode. We got 316 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button on the way out of here. I hope you have an amazing day. And I want to remind you that next Wednesday, we got Mark Yusko coming back for round two on the show. Humongous. We're going to be bringing the XRP content for that day. But we, like we always say, Warriors, Ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Come on, Jackie. Dance it up.